Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, hmm, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode is my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Greetings, Mr. Harbin. Thank you, Mr. Folds. Here we are once again. You don't need to thank me. No? Well, I don't know. Do you? No, I don't think I need to. I just felt like it. Oh, thank you. What are you thanking me for? Well, thanks for having me over again. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad that you come over here. It makes it a lot easier for me. <laughs> That's what I hear. Sure is dark out. It, it's very dark. It's 8 p.m. And our long northern Canadian summer, well, no, no, uh, that, let me rephrase that. Our very short Canadian summer has come to an end. It has. And the long, nice, lovely, because I don't know. Oh, yeah, during the height of summer, what? It's bright until about 10.30. 10.30, 11 with oh, twilight and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we got yep. twilight till 11. It's really nice. Yeah. But then, oh, yeah. But then this happens, yeah. and it's dark, and it gets a little depressing. It does. And then in a few weeks or a month or so, they're going to uh, claw back another hour of nighttime George, daylight. Thanks to George W. Bush. What good is that? Yeah. You know what I need in the morning? Earlier sunlight. Yeah. Because That's... it's really helpful. I'd rather have it in the evening. I sure would too. Down with daylight savings. That's right. Yeah. Can we just like Atacokan is a small town about an hour and a half, two hours west of Thunder Bay. I understand why this started with can we just. Hang on. Okay. Atacokan as as a municipality. Oh, they've decided not to participate in this nonsense. Exactly. Can we just decide not to participate? We can, but then we like to be uh, doing what Toronto does. Atacokan doesn't. No, they don't care. They got their own thing. I guess Atacokan's more in step with uh, Manitoba or something with Winnipeg. Who knows? Bark. Bark. Did you just bark? <laughs> no, I think that was a dog outside. <laughs> oh, okay. Woof. Woof. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that was me. That was you, yeah. Before we talk about the album, let's take care of business as usual. Business as usual. So I've got three little bits of business as usual for you, Robin. Okay. Uh, Our buddy Todd, the Todd, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, the Todd, yep. He confirms Bones playing acoustic guitar live um, on the Breathe Tour, specifically um, on Home. Because you you were wondering about that. Um, because he was credited as playing acoustic guitar on Home yeah. on the album. So yeah, Todd saw him playing it. So how did they do Home Live? Without Malcolm. Oh, I was going to ask without Emmy Lou. Give me a try. Isn't that Bones? Isn't that a Bones line? Or is that a Rob line? Does that, am I... Home is the song with Emmy Lou, right? Where is home? Where is my home? Yeah. So how did they do that live without Emmy Lou? Like who sung Emmy well, Lou? To simplify yeah, yeah. my question, yeah. who sung Emmy Lou's and parts? That, that's where Bones, Bones would say, did. give me a try. Give me a try. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe the Todd can let us know. Yeah. Um, Bjorn, a yeah. powder worker who happens to play the clarinet, 
Yes. He can assure us that Bones was not playing clarinet on In the Rain, but in fact was playing the clavinet. Yes. And there was some uh, type typos. Tell, tell us what a clavinet is, Darren. A clavinet, uh, clavinet, I was going to say, it was an ancient instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is an old instrument, uh, a piano type instrument. Um, but the version that, no, but the, but the version that, uh, Bones was probably playing was an auto clavinet, um, piano like, uh, but it kind of gives you a, a stringy woodwindy type sound. So I think what you're saying is that the clavichord. Ah, uh, yes. The clavichord was the ancient Mesopotamian, <laughs> ancient Mesopotamian. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it, it goes back to the the medieval. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's medieval era still isn't like. Oh no, it's not ancient, ancient at all. No, no, but but still, ancient is a bad. Yeah, and then so they took the clavichord and electri- electrified, electrified it. it. Yes, and, and that was the Honer, the harmonica company. Yeah, yeah built these guys yeah so there you go yeah so that's the clav yes the clav not yeah. to be confused with those funky clav tick-tock tick-tock kind of percussion type yeah things Excuse it's like an, it's like an electric piano yeah for people who are interested in sending beer to canada <laughs> from australia judy tried to do it Okay. She tried to send us some Brunswick Thunder Road Bitter. Wow. Judy, thank you so much for trying. The post office wouldn't do it for her. But uh, UPS, FedEx, DHL, those folks will do it. So, you know. But for like $70 a can or something? Oh, no. It's 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 well worth the price. <laughs> it's well worth it. No, no, no. To me, Does it's that, well worth. I like it. who doesn't. He, I say seventy dollars a can. And he's like, no, no, no. It's well worth it. it we don't know that it's seventy dollars. It might only be sixty. It might be twenty. And you know what's oh. super cool about Judy? Judy ha- Judy is just so super cool. Not only did she try to send us beer, yeah. but she is sending us a little something special. But I'm not going to tell you about oh. it until it arrives. Okay. And I'm going to put this in the show notes. I've got a screen cap of the Goat Island concert. Judy was there. No. Yes. Wow. Yep. Pretty cool, Judy. Yep. Send your beer to at Darren the Folds on Twitter. Yeah. And we have to give uh, Cameron another shout out for continuing his monumental task, which is closing in on completion. It looks yeah. like he's going to do it. Like, what was he done? 30 five of the 45 nights he's well now? into the 30s yeah yeah something like that so that's amazing cameron keep it going keep it up finish it finish strong cameron uh and i apologize if i've once again done a lousy job of keeping track of my business as usual all right i think the listeners are going to learn only to tell you important things they can come to me for friendship that's right and you for actual that works well. Yeah. You want to be friends way. with somebody? Be friends with Robin. Yeah. On like Facebook. I love you. I yeah. don't want to be your Facebook friend though. Yeah. I don't want to be any, I barely want to be Robin's Facebook friend. <laughs> he, he's unfriended me a few times over the years. <laughs> <laughs>
Robin, we've just been listening to 1998's Redneck Wonderland. 98? We're getting into the future now. It feels like it. This is like new oils. New oils. Wow. (laughs) I didn't even... I don't think I knew when this came out. I don't think that I was, again, like with Breathe, it's like, oh, there's a new album out. Redneck shows up and it's like, oh, there's a new album out. Yeah, and we got surprised by 20,000 watts RSL in between there as well, right? Yes, we did. I think we did anyway. I remember buying it. I have a copy of it. Yeah, somehow you got a copy. Yeah, I bought it because it had those two new heavy songs on it. Mm-hmm. And then... So I, Maybe we should briefly talk about 20,000 watts RSL. Yeah, sure. Talk about it. Should I get into the history? There's a little bit going on here. Lay some history down. Okay. So Jim was already working at Redneck Wonderland, and that's in like, was that 97? And, uh, but anyway, the, the record label and the fellow oils outvoted him. Oh. And they said, no, we got to do this greatest hits thing yeah and i remember that jim was like totally not into greatest jim hits. it's like not you do a greatest hits like when you've decided to give up and and not do the band or at least not put the effort in anymore yeah yeah so he was very unhappy with that and that was the closest he ever came to quitting the band mm. uh at that lull um but when I guess one consolation is that they did shove two new songs on there yep. from the earlier Redneck Wonderland sessions. And that was, Darren, what are they called? What Goes On yeah. and White Skin Blackheart. Yes. So it's interesting. We got some early versions of those songs. Yeah. So, um, And I, I, I didn't even realize that I had 20,000 watt RSL. So I told Robin, hey, go take a listen to the the versions of the songs from the disc from 20,000 watt and tell me what the difference is. Yeah. So I made you do all the work and then I realized, Oh yeah, I've got a copy of it. You could have done it. That's okay. Yeah. So we did that, but I guess we'll, we'll report on those when we get to those individual tracks. Like a good idea. Yeah. So Jim being unhappy, maybe that kind of, that's the result right there. His kind of sad face. Yeah. Jim does have this pretty, this kind of, this, sad puppy dog kind of face mm-hmm. going on uh on the cover of 20,000 watts yeah he's saying i don't think that we should be doing this yeah so but the good news for him is that 20,000 watts uh did sell pretty well it did yeah and it brought in some money yep. and it got the label more enthused about getting redneck done yeah so who knows eh um, and I think that allowed them to put some more time into it. And, uh, okay. So I don't know, is this the first time the oils worked with two producers? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I don't remember. No, but yeah, yeah, like Magoo and, and Warren are like back and forth all over the place and yeah. working together and sometimes not working together. No, not like they're not, not, not like they're not working together, but some of them definitely take one song and sometimes one will definitely take another song. There's a lot of of working together throughout the album, yeah. For the most part, do you think they actually worked uh, like together, as in sitting in the same room? Well, there are some songs where they get like basically equal credit for uh, producing, and then there's some where they're both there, kind of producing, and one of them mixes it, or one produces and one. Mi- I've I've kind of yeah. highlighted it throughout the song, so we can talk about that as we go through the song. Yeah, as far as the credits go, that's right. But I think the actual the way they worked 
was that only Magoo was brought on originally, and uh, and they did a yeah. lot of work with him. Yeah. And then it's almost like they had this uh, perhaps overly modern, I don't know, overly mm-hmm. Magooed yeah. uh, album, and they didn't know how to solve it. They, they felt it needed something. So that's when they brought in Warren, right. who then kind of took all this great stuff they had recorded and all these interesting bits and started to mix it, do different mixes. Sure. Now, the first three songs on the album, Redneck, Concrete, and Cemetery, mm-hmm. they are basically Warren songs without Magoo at all. Yeah, interesting that Magoo wasn't involved with Redneck um, because it seems like a good example of having the loops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, the first couple songs, the first three songs, seem to me the most... I think in past episodes we've described this album as having that industrial sound. Yeah. To me, the first three songs really well, have not, that industrial sound. Not Cemetery, but definitely... Um, yeah, Cemetery is a bit of a sonic break. That's right. Yeah, so it was kind of industrial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is interesting that we shouldn't uh, pigeonhole Warren then if he's involved in something as heavy as yeah. Redneck and yeah. Concrete that, yeah, we should open our minds and think that's not just like... It's not just Magoo that's doing this stuff. Yeah. 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 And you know what? As I came to the album, I was thinking, oh, yeah, this is that noisy, aggressive industrial sounding album but again just like breathe when some people think oh this is the country album or or me i was thinking oh this is an aggressive album as well it's not that all the way through yeah there's some funky stuff yeah on redneck there's some very melodic stuff there's some strummy stuff on redneck yes yeah yeah, yeah there's that's right there's a two or three very acoustic guitar kind of songs uh, there's the bizarre closer that's like right out of the Beatles catalog, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I think Redneck has a more uh, cohesive, cohesive sound, sound than or, Breathe did. Yeah, or, yeah. or something like if you want to uh, do a stereotype for Redneck, it is more. <laughs> it's more deserving. Yeah. Of of that industrial. Uh, but still, it doesn't describe all the songs on the album. Nope. So yeah, a bit, a bit more that that was happening during that time. Um, uh, Pete was with the Greenpeace board, mm-hmm. uh, the Greenpeace International. He was on the the board for it. Uh, he actually resigned from it while recording Redneck Wonderland. Um, it sounds like a big thing was that his the the CEO there, Paul Gilding, was a friend of his. Mm-hmm as well and uh and paul kind of left under not great circumstances right and then, right so so that happened uh, i don't know a lot more about that but that's just a little bit of what was going on uh pete's always had his extracurricular activities yeah, that's and, right yeah uh we already talked about jim have being on a low uh with the band with redneck wonderland and twenty thousand or twenty thousand watts yep uh getting pushed out on him yeah, not being interested in doing that really yeah. Um, do we know more about Magoo? He was the, a young, hip producer. You know what his first name is? No. Lachlan. Oh, he's a Lachlan. Yes. He was producing local Brisbane bands, the Dream Killers and Pan- Pangea. Pangea. Yeah. And then by the mid-90s, he recorded with Powderfinger and, oh, yeah. and Regurgitator, who we heard yeah. on the tribute album. That's right. right. Yeah. 
And then that's when he started getting involved with Midnight Oil and Skunk Hour. Also going on in Australia in those mid-90s, 96, Mm -hmm. uh, was Pauline Hansen. Yes. The leader of the... One Nation. Of One Nation. Yeah. Pauline Hansen's One Nation. Nation. Yeah. Yeah. One point or another... The party was actually named, like her name was in the front of it. <laughs> it was right in the name of it. Pauline Hansen's One, One Nation. Nation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, pa- Pauline Hansen uh, had, has some right-wing policies, I suppose. You'd, sure. Some people would some people stereotype. Would say right-wing policies. Some people would say Nazi tendencies. Nazi tendencies. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like she's, uh, her and Trump might have a few things in common. The more things change, the more they they stay stay the same. same. Yeah. So, and generally appealing to the rednecks. Yeah. Appealing to people who uh, aren't too fond of the indigenous folk or the the immigrants and so on. They just think, come on, our country used to be so good. Let's make it great again. Let's make it great again. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the good old days. I, I had written down things like right wing protectionist, nationalist, anti immigration, anti multiculturalism, anti indigenous, yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. It's like Ferris Bueller. A lot of anti. What does he say? <laughs> no. Ferris Bueller just doesn't like isms. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was going on. So Australian politics were flavored by that. Mm-hmm. And I guess this One Nation thing actually had a fair bit of yep. traction for a while. Yeah, it looked like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was um, starting to add some fuel to, uh, after after Breathe, perhaps being uh, very introspective mm-hmm. and, and so on, uh, the politics going in Australia gave the oils something to write about. A reason to get angry. A again, reason yeah. to get angry. Rob Hurst uh, said something like this. He said something like, um, midnight oil is at its most convincing when it is pissed off. <laughs> and Rob thinks they were pissed off. They had a reason to be pissed off and make redneck wonderland. <laughs> and as such, sounds like the raging oils, the complaint rockers that we know from yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and Rob really got back into the, the oils songwriting. and songwriting yep. and everything with this album. For sure. He really got into this. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's that's obvious. Now, uh, as much as Jim and Rob really got into recording Redneck, Bones wasn't so sure about this whole thing, mm. about getting into this style, um, especially... Because of this style of producing, let's talk about producing, Darren. Okay. This um, is fun. Normally, <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I like this. Okay, well, normally the oils, uh, okay, with Earth, Sun, and Moon especially, yeah. they made a point. We're going in the room. Well, Breathe too, right? Both oh, yeah. albums, they got in the room. It's authentic. It's authentic. It's them playing. Playing your instruments into the mics, onto the tape. There and, you go. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. So... This is a big step away from that. When you're working with a producer who does stuff like looping, and what looping is, Darren, for you. For you. <laughs> What's looping? Hey, Darren, what's it? <laughs> uh, so you record a segment of music, often a drum beat, yep. or it could be maybe a guitar thing or something. Yep. 
but something Often that, something very rhythmic. Yes, very yeah. rhythmic. And then they digitally, or back in the old days on tape, but mm-hmm. that was crazy. Uh, they digitally cut that section out and perfectly trim it mm-hmm. a little bit forward or backward in time so it smoothly loops upon itself. So you can play mm-hmm. that same segment over and over. And yeah. it represents like one bar of music. Uh, and you could just run that same clip for... Throughout the whole song. Throughout a whole song if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To facilitate that, though, these producers insist that their musicians listen to a click track, Mm. which is a very robotic tick, tick, tick. It's a metronome. It's a metronome. And you have to obey that metronome perfectly while playing so that the producer can do all this kind of splicing and so on and, and have it fit rhythmically. Yeah. So Bones didn't like this. Okay. Yeah, he just doesn't believe that the oils are are made for playing to this click track kind yeah. of nonsense. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the oils get faster. They get, you know, yep. faster, slower, loud, quiet, yep. and they they feed off each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, being slave to the robot isn't his thing. No. He complained about that way back during the Earth, Sun, and Moon documentary. Yeah. He complained specifically about that going way back to Blue Sky Mining. Yeah. Yeah. And so here they are again, another, what, 12 years later. With Warren again. Yeah. Once again with Warren and with Magoo. Yeah. uh, Wanting the click, click, click. Yeah. So. Because Warren was Diesel and Dust and Blue Sky Mining. And Blue Sky. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. They're big hits. Mm Mm-hmm. So this album has, like... As you were talking about, it has those loops. It's got plenty of like stereo effects, which is something that um, just jumped right out to my ears when I was listening. You hear something in your left ear and it washes across to your right and then back to the left. So you got these kind of swirling stuff happening. Yeah. It's a, it does have that very aggressive uh, sound for a lot of the songs. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying earlier, there's also some funky songs and strummy songs as well rhythmically a lot of it is done by these loops like for sure rob is is you can hear him he's playing his drums and stuff too but they rely a lot on uh, a lot they rely on a lot of kind of in the background sounds that just kind of repeat and happen over and over again like you know very different from what we were hearing on breathe yeah yeah definitely yeah uh some other common things uh there's distortion on a lot of stuff. The yep. the bass yep. uh, frequently gets distorted. Uh, the vocals. Yeah, a lot of processing on the yep. vocals. And the guitars frequently have this extremely thick distortion on them, Yeah, which I think is, is done using a noise gate or um, okay. a noise gate and compression so that the guitar is either on or off. Yeah. It is like... Uh, if you're playing loud enough, then it's full tilt. Yep. And as soon as you back off the guitar, it goes right down to zero. Yeah. And that can be done through. It's the all or nothing sound kind of the guitar. Yeah, yeah. This very thick wall of guitar. Um, so those are, those are common. Um, I, I am curious if the oils, when they're playing live now here mm-hmm. in 2017, yeah, yeah. Are they using click tracks? They they all have these in ear monitors. monitors yeah. Um, so what a, a monitor is uh, for for those who are listening who maybe don't know. Yeah. Uh, back in the old days, 
uh, for bands to be able to hear themselves, they put speakers on the floor in front of them between the crowd, the, the crowd and, the and themselves pointed at about 45 degrees back at them. Mm-hmm. And that's for hearing the guitars. Hearing each and other. Hearing yeah. each other. Yeah. That, that's right. Uh, but in the last, I don't know if it's the last decade or probably longer, um, people have gone to these wireless monitors that you stick right in your ear, like mm-hmm. a hearing aid, basically. Yep. Uh, it also forms, uh, acts as a bit of ear uh, safety. What, yeah. What's the word I'm saying? Sound ear. deadening. Sound yeah, deadening. Protectioning. Protectioning. Ear, ear protection. Ear protection, yep. Um, but what even more recently bands have started doing is feeding a click mm-hmm. through the monitor for the whole band to hear, especially the drummer. Yep. Uh, or I guess sometimes you might have only the drummer hearing it. I don't yeah. know. And then everybody has to follow the drummer. I'm sure lots of people would like to send a click track to my ear <laughs> when I'm drumming. <laughs> and the extreme version of it is I've heard of people uh, pre-recording not only a click track, but cues where, where they would be like, for example, mm-hmm. giving prompts. Okay, uh, here comes the the special drum fill in oh, yeah. one bar, three, two, one, oh, wow. in, and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, and some of it, it's, it almost seems like too much to me. Like cheating? A bit like cheating and just being such a, a robotic yeah. slave. Yeah. And then if you mess up, it feels like it, what a... Yeah. What a train wreck. Okay? It would be hard to recover. Yeah. Because yeah, like, you figure the oils can't be doing that, at least not all the time, because of the way they, like, the the classic sure. example on the tours being Dead Heart. Dead Heart. Yeah. Where the whole band gathers around and tries to solve. Yeah. Solve that problem. Yeah. Of the crowd chanting along. Yeah. Uh, which I guess they enjoyed by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so c- clearly they don't have that kind of prompting going on. And you never know, like there, there could be somebody just talking to Pete during a show, yeah. prompting him with his lines or something. I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. Well, not with, not with Pete and his lines, because we've seen him with, <laughs> with uh, lyrics taped Some, to the yeah. stage in front of him for like when he's doing like tribute songs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And for the cover song, like when we saw him do uh, From, From the, the Bush. Bush. Yep. Uh, he's just got the words right down there on the floor. And with yeah, his... and when they did the, the Tom Petty tribute and when they played the Clash song in New York, yeah, you could see him looking down at the lyrics yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with his 64-year-old eyes, uh, yeah. you know, trying to read off the floor. Yeah, didn't so. didn't uh, when they were playing from the bush, didn't somebody come out and like there's like eight pages yes. along or something yeah. like that? A ridiculous <laughs> amount. It's the large print edition. Yeah, it is. It is. There's <laughs> about five words on each page, <laughs> you know. Uh, another overall observation about the album yep. uh, even though it's so heavy and industrial uh, the oils brought all the three-part harmony like well two and three yep. lots of vocal harmony yep, for sure I don't think that's something you expect on hmm. an industrial type album yeah to have like Bones and Rob and yeah. and even Jim singing these these yeah. harmonies yeah, I've never really thought. Of, I I don't listen to a lot of industrial, so yeah. I don't know what they. I don't know what. I guess I don't either. But it seems uh, out of place for the genre. Yeah, it would seem like that to me too. But it's a way of making it the oils. Yeah, yeah yep. the oils own. It's interesting. Redneck Wonderland is about the only song from this album 
that has really survived in the live show. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that seem about right? That seems about right to me. Yeah. yeah. And now that's one where I assume Rob has to start. There's those opening, yep. that opening loop. Yep. I assume Rob starts that loop yep. and then counts in the the live show on top of that. Eh? This album doesn't seem to be lyrically, doesn't seem to be as hopeful as Earth and Sun and Moon and either even breathe. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot that they're um, complaining against. And while there is hope in some of the songs, not all of the songs have that uplift or that something's going to change or uh, we can make things right somehow element that many of their songs in the past have had. Yeah. So in some ways, it's a much more depressing album. Yeah. Than, than what we've been listening to recently. Yeah, it, it is kind of depressing. Um, you know, could it partly be Rob's return to mm-hmm. the band. Yeah. Uh, so he's had more lyrical contribution. Uh, in a way, though, it's a, com- a return to their complaint rock. Yeah. And a lot of their complaint rock didn't offer solutions either, did that's it? That's true. That's true. Like going back it to didn't. species, diseases, for yeah. example. Yeah. Diseases. We, we, or maybe I got to enjoy some more of that, that hope that, that seemed to come through in the... You're all about the hope, man. Well, you know, especially like in the in the Earth and Sun and Moon and and even, even in Breathe, I think. Um, but yeah, I think there's hope in Blue Sky Mining, even though it was a slow to mid-tempo album <laughs> talking about problems and yeah. Yeah, uh, Blue Sky Mining, that's right, I think did move towards that hopefulness and if not solutions towards yeah something like that not to say that there isn't hope to be found in redneck but yeah it i think mentally it it weighs on me more than than recent albums yeah yeah um mentally maybe even emotionally weighs more on me hmm a couple other things about the album as a whole musically uh we noticed Breathe had many songs in B, yes. B major, B minor. Yeah. Uh, Redneck has tons of songs in E minor. Oh, yeah. Like too many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I kind of wonder why that happened. It almost seems like, Jim, why are you allowing this to happen now? Hmm. Any theory? Well, E minor is a very, it's related to G. It's the relative yeah. minor of G. G is a very guitar-friendly yeah. uh, key. These guys don't need guitar-friendly keys. No, they don't. Um, maybe it has something to do with maybe Rob bringing back more songs. I I don't I don't really know. Oh, that'd be interesting. But it's like, like maybe Rob is more comfortable writing. Rob's in... one of those kind of four car, four chord guitarists. Perhaps and... I don't know. Yeah. No. You know, I think there's some truth to that. I think Rob's solo album, which is really excellent, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, from a few years ago, uh, I, it'd be interesting to do an analysis of that. I almost think that you're going to find a lot of G songs on hmm. on that one. Do you have like a physical copy of it? No, he made like 25 physical copies. Oh, really? And sent five to each city in Australia, like each big city. Yeah. Like for radio contests or something? No, like to the independent record shop oh, really? there. That's it? Yeah, and like his... Oh, that's too bad. Something like his daughter, like, I don't know, painted each one by hand or something. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. It was 
a pretty bizarre thing. I wonder I, if they all sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were some powder workers that immediately got on the phone to Australia. There's yeah. no web ordering for yeah. this thing. And uh, somehow managed to get a copy of nice. it. But yeah, it's actually a really good album. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so a theory about this E minor business is that on a standard tuned guitar, what is the lowest, darkest sounding chord? It's the E minor. It's, and it's open too. You, it's you E minor. all those strings. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. So basically there is no chord, no normal chord. You could just strum the guitar no, open. No cowboy chord. Yeah. E minor is of all the standard kind of chords. The easiest one. But not it's it's not the easy part that it is though. It is. It, it is. is. It's two fingers right beside each other yeah. and just hit all the strings. I guess I'm just saying I don't think that's relevant to why okay. the, why Jim would put so many E no, minors in his song. It wouldn't be. No. <laughs> so the reason I think is that it's the deepest, darkest, lowest, yeah. lowest, lowest minor, yeah, traditional chord there is, yeah. 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 And quite a few more songs are in minor keys on this album, mm-hmm. well, specifically E minor, yeah. Uh, so I think that adds to the heaviness, um, and the darkness of this album. Uh, although so many songs in E minor also makes it maybe a little rep- repetitive, mm. even though we. Maybe a lot of people don't realize that all these songs are in the same key. Yeah. The CD inlay, or yeah. what, what are we call, what call this? The liner The liner notes, notes is actually really elaborate. It's like... Pictures? It's like lots of pages. How many panels is this? Three, four, like eight? five, six, seven, eight panels. So 16 panels in total, like eight, no. eight pages. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, well, looky here, buddy. Oh, yours is longer. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I win. He does. <laughs> it was funny. We were looking at, at our CDs prior to recording, and I didn't buy mine new from the store. Okay. Um, I have, um, you can see grease pen written on the back of it, um, like a radio station would do like for intros and stuff like that. And there's like a little hole punch. Robin's got all of like the little postcardy type things. Yes. Oh, but you're missing. See, these are like little postcards on mine oh, and you no. just have the picture. No, they put them in here differently. Oh yeah. Your I lyrics would, are not, written oops. different. So I, I have like the deluxe edition and Darren has the cost reduced edition. I do. Is I wonder is yours like Australian I and think mine's so. the American version? Yeah, it might be. Oh, so that's interesting. There's uh, some pretty big variations in the. So anyway, yeah, uh, the inside these. Uh... Oh, why did I forget it again? What, what'd you call this? Liner notes. Liner notes. Yeah, whatever. Um, so there's a, a postcard theme to it, uh, which kind of harkens back to the place without a postcard. And uh, it has a bunch of pictures of Australia, and then it has the lyrics on these things that look like the back of postcards, and it's almost like you could cut these up each panel, and like the front side has a postcard picture, and the back side has the lyrics and a place for the address. Now, there was no vinyl edition of Redneck. At all. But can you imagine the nice 12-inch postcards coming out of the... Out of the vinyl and yeah. putting them up on your wall. So it'll be interesting be on nice. the vinyl. Reissue. I, I was going to say reissue, but it's really the 
the vinyl box set has a vinyl redneck in it. Yeah. It'll be interesting if they put any effort into the the insides. I hope they did, but I don't know that they did. Robin finally caved and ordered the vinyl. I bought it. I played my Amazon game and picked up all 13, the 13 album box set for 336 Canadian. Uh, the price inexplicably dropped and I bought it and now it's back up over $600 Canadian. So lots of people already know the answer to what yeah. kind of fun art you and get I in should Redneck. be finding out this week when That'll it arrives from exciting. Amazon. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth noting how, uh, the artwork is quite interesting. Uh, it has a picture of a kangaroo with a rifle slung over his shoulder. How do you know it's a boy kangaroo? It's a, Maybe the kangaroo's name is Pauline. It could be Pauline with her gun. So I will not assume gender ever again of a kangaroo. Uh, thank you, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, where did the title Redneck Wonderland come from? Well, they were, when they were in Melbourne, so they recorded a bunch of the album in Melbourne. And I think it's a bit more Melbourne. What, Melbourne? I think so. Kookaburra? Yeah. Melbourne? I think it's a bit more Melbourne than Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. I'll try that again so that okay. I don't get too much in too much trouble for saying it. So when they're recording the album in Melbourne... That's too much. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Um, Melbourne. They they came across this uh, graffiti, which was a map of Australia. And this kangaroo that I actually, I don't, I don't imagine it was this kangaroo on it. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe I'm conflating stories sure. about, about uh, kangaroo and stuff. But at least the title Redneck Wonderland um, was on this map of Australia, kind of <laughs> just saying, you know, this is the state of the nation right now. We are living in this redneck wonderland. Talking about the politics and and where, not everybody, but where where some folks were socially and so yeah, yeah. Is that what what you were asking? Yeah, about? that that's right. That there's a graffiti map in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, it would have been very amusing if there was also a picture right there of the kangaroo. Is the kangaroo with the rifle over? Yeah, for some reason I thought that that was part shoulder. of it. But when you look at this, it looks like it more of like a woodcut type thing. So I'm sure that wasn't. That's pretty lame of the oils if they just totally stole. Yeah. The entire not only the title, but like the concept art and everything was there. This graffiti artist. Yeah. <laughs> this uncredited graffiti artist. Okay, I have talked completely. That is everything I have to say about the album as a whole. Excellent. Do you have anything else to say about it? Nothing. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Getting to the song. You know what we haven't talked about about the album? No. I I didn't say a few things that I actually had written down here. Redneck Wonderland um, released, it seems like it was released in November of 98, although there were some singles... um, both Redneck, the single, and Cemetery in My Mind came out as singles earlier in the year. Um, but it appears that it was it was November the 3rd, 1998, that the album was released. Um, it went to number seven on the Aria charts, or Aria charts. Yeah, it's Aria, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and was recorded in Sing Sing Studios in Melbourne, except for Redneck, which was recorded at Electric Avenue in Sydney, yeah. Australia. Mm. It seems amusing to me that Midnight Oil wouldn't always get number one at all. Yeah. You know, like you'd think, this is Australia's biggest band. Can't they, for but, one week? But are they Australia's biggest band? No. Always? No. Maybe not they, now they were. They aren't always. No. No. Yeah. But yeah, you'd figure like, come on, at least for one week. Yeah. The year of release. Or the week, the week of, of release. release. Yeah. Maybe they timed it like the same week that, I don't know, In Excess wasn't still around in no, 98, were they? but Kylie Minogue or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence dancing like Kylie Minogue. You should see it with her with his beard. Oh yeah, you didn't say. And here's what the album sounds like or anything. And we, I didn't do that last time. For Brood, no. Okay, maybe it's not necessary. No, I'll do it. I like okay. making the little thing. And here's. You say that. That's your job. What you used to say that all the Did time. I? Yeah. And by way of remembering, right? Is that by way of reminder? By way of reminder. And by way of reminder. And by, why do I have to say these exact words? And by way of reminder, here's what Redneck Wonderland sounds like. Redneck Wonderland. Redneck Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah. I feel like I should be saying Pete, vocals, Rob, drums, Jim, guitar, <laughs> Martin, the other guitar, bones, bass. <laughs> the other guitar. <laughs> I like that. Hey, we're supposed to talk about Martin more, but how are we going to do that? You know, Martin keeps to himself. He does. Um, so, so we yep, think Martin's great. Oh, yeah, totally. And when Martin 
stopped by and said hi to all of us waiting outside of First Avenue. Like, he chatted with us. Yeah. He was, like, super friendly. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't talk much for interviews. Yeah. Um, he doesn't offer lots of quotes for people's books when they're writing them. That's right. Um, so, you know, we just, we don't, we don't have that access to, we, to Martin. We have to assume that Martin is happy not being mentioned that much by us. Martin, if you would like us to talk more about you. Yeah. Just get in touch. Yeah. And we'll do like, you want to talk to us? We'll do a podcast with you about you. You can tell yeah. us everything you want to tell us. That's right. Yeah. And otherwise, we'll assume that his silence is tacit approval. Yeah, is tacit approval <laughs> and that he's totally happy with exactly how much coverage he gets on the podcast. Yeah. Like we we want to give Martin credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um we try to. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to, to. get we just have Sometimes to guess. Sometimes we guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, we do kind of play favorites, so, you know. With everybody, but you know what? I've, Jim, yeah, Rob, Bones. We talk about them a lot. We do. We like to talk about the drummer. We like to talk about the bass player. Yeah. We like to talk about Jim. Yeah. Because he makes all sorts of cool, weird sounds. He does. He's the genius. Yep. So, yeah. So, actually, it's funny how Pete really doesn't. It's funny how Pete and Martin are kind of bottom, bottom tier for us. Yeah. On the podcast. On the podcast, as far as talking about stuff goes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we always throw in, we always give Pete his due at the end of an album. We put yeah. in all his funny, all his uh, neat vocal. <laughs> we have that little tribute to him at yeah. the end of each one. Yeah. Yeah. The Sonic Assault of Redneck Wonderland. Yeah. And you know what the thing is? Yes, Redneck just just jumps right out at you sure does. it's loud it's at you but it always fades it doesn't always fade back for it the verses. always fades back but it drops back it gives you a little bit of break on the verses yeah. so i i just have i have to remind myself because oh i might as well say it right here i'm i'm not a fan of the industrial i guess sound um where I would think, where I would say that, you know, some stuff on Breathe was aggressive sounding. Um, the aggression that sometimes comes through on some of the songs on Redneck is not appealing to me. Um, yeah. It's like rusty, stabby, cutty knife <laughs> saws, saws Dude. on my ears. I've come to learn that Darren is a delicate flower. <laughs> and uh, when when he said that Breathe was such a loud, <laughs> angry, in-your-face album, I just I shook my head, and I, I mostly remained silent. I just I, I want to protect my little friend Darren. But the thing is, I love Breathe now. Breathe yeah. is a fantastic album. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about the music a bit. Yep. Um, so I already mentioned uh, these this wall of sound guitar, this idea of a noise gate that makes the, the guitars very on or off. Yep. And that is in full effect on the riff here, right? Eh? Yeah. Um, and they're also extremely precise guitars, though. Even though they are noisy, they aren't... Uh, 
what's the word? It's not like they're full of reverb or full of no. uh, echo that carries on and on. Nope. They are like razor sharp. Yes, that's a really good way to describe them. I think I got rusty, that from you. Rusty razor sharp. Yeah. Just like a rusty razor sharp. In your ears. In your ears. <laughs> um, yeah, so something they do a bit more of on this album is having these, not really having a chorus, or if it is a chorus, it's just mm, like... yeah. Redneck Wonderland, yep, right? Like a refrain. It's like a, yeah, it's this line and then there's this riff and that serves as the chorus, but it's not like there's a lyrical chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were saying that the the chorus is this thick assault, if, it, if we are going to call it a chorus. Yeah. But then the verses are these wispy yeah, that's little, right. yeah, yeah, these, and these are these little drum loops that mm-hmm. have, yep. yeah, with lots of sound on them. Um, yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of drum in the song Redneck Wonderland, yeah. at least not, not what you would, not what I would say is, oh yeah, Rob is drumming along to this. It's yeah. a lot of loopy stuff. Yes. Yeah. At about one thirty is a little guitar solo. And instead of being over E minor, it sounds like it kind of goes up to F sharp. Oh, yeah. Um, there's like a lift during that. I don't know if you, do you want to play it for us? Yeah, and there's a little um, a little vocal in this bit as well. Um, shoot. Yeah. That you can hear there. And that reminds me of, like, we're going to talk about the Beatles um, dropping the, when we Way get at to, the end. When we get to drop in the ocean. But... It just reminded me of Paul's shoot me from come together. <laughs> oh yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes in, it goes. Yeah. And, and then it goes back down to the riff. So it's kind of like, it just goes up a semitone oh, for okay. that whole solo thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe at 125. Okay. You'll hear the heavy part, but when the solo starts, you'll hear it all just kind of go up. Yeah, there's also these uh, build-ups at 158. It's building up, and there's this pitchy thing that goes... Yeah, I was thinking, is that like some sort of filter sweep happening over some keyboard thing going on there? Yeah. And just before that, there's like the calm before the storm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that is keys? Do you think that's a guitar with some sort of filter? Yeah, I don't know. And it, it. it goes up like a full two octaves. Oh, yeah. It just kind of keeps going yeah. in this chromatic way. Yeah, just... And so is it going up in in pitch, or is it just that we're hearing that frequency? Yeah, yeah. So you may be right that it's just a filter emphasizing that range of of it. Yeah. So it's like you're hearing the whole whole guitar a bit, yeah. but it's emphasizing a certain frequency of yeah, it, it's and not that like, keeps going up. It's not like the notes keep on going higher and higher and higher, but we're just hearing, we start by hearing the low frequency parts of 
not even the note, like the guitar sound there. Of the whole there. chord. Yeah. yeah. And then as it progresses through, we start hearing, we start losing those lower, bassier bits and just start hearing the higher pitched, the higher frequency one. So it sounds to us like it's going up in pitch yeah. where it may just be. Yeah, the chord itself might not be going up in pitch. It's just mm-hmm. emphasizing. Yeah. yeah. And, and any kind of chord has these overtones on it. So they're, the, the whole frequency spectrum does get filled um i guess to infinity i don't know <laughs> we don't um, hear it all yeah we yeah. don't hear it. We, we sure don't hear it all but yeah so that's um, cool pete has these lines and then between them there's this really crunchy bass that kind of responds to each, each bit around 210 yeah and and it's responding to pete like when pete stops saying yeah. that's when it really comes it up in, yeah yeah before pete says his redneck wonderland yeah there's always like this gut punch <clears throat> redneck wonderland <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the last time they do it i think he actually does make that uh <clears throat> sound with it but there's always just that real punch musical punch that goes along with it too that yeah i, I liked kind of reminded me a little bit of the the body blows in in jimmy Sharman's. redneck wonderland yeah and then uh it has kind of a chord solo at 247 uh when i say chord solo it's like mm-hmm. It's a break, but it's just chords. It's not Meadleys. Okay. Yeah. And then you might as well get the through to the end. There's these whooshes. So 247 is the chord solo. Okay. 252, just five seconds later, is whooshes. Okay. Is that like just feedback, not at the very end there, but feedback over there, that that real warbly kind of thing? Yeah. Or, it, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, trying to tune something in. Is it just like some sort of oscillator making a, a weird right. oscillation? Like it, maybe it's not even a guitar, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just like an actual, yeah. A, a generated sound. A, a, yeah. A sine wave or yeah. whatever. Maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. And deliberately like the a particular pitch yep. chosen yeah yeah but it's all very uh and that kind of goes with the industrial yeah idea of this uh almost like machinery yeah for sure electrical equipment um did we get a chance to listen to the super distorted bgvs It's like a really buzzy, um, in the left ear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of, just that, this album makes use of noise, like white noisy type, like with the distortion and, um, like even the fuzz that you get on, on guitars later on and, and mas- almost like masking the vocals with this kind of sound throughout yeah. So yeah. BGVs with a lot of noisy, a lot of noise in them. Distorted on, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Poipus. Yeah. Yeah. So 
there we go. That's it. It's it's a hard-hitting, catchy song. Yeah, a great uh, opener for a concert. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, and I read Rob actually gave Jim most of the credit for the song. I know Rob get, but I did read in uh, I think in the Dodson book. Yeah, that uh, Rob clarifies that really it is Jim's song. Okay. Yeah. So nice. So redneck wonderland, you know. I think it's it's like a lament against the like and and this is the the theme that we're going to hit on a few songs in the album a lament for the ultra white wing political and social uprising that's happening in the country at the time I think it's talking of an inability of people to see the value of people who don't share the same sorts of convictions or values or uh, culture, way of life, um, as they do. This isn't a song that is uh, telling a narrative that's that's trying to portray a story. Um, I think it's just trying to relate to just this, uh, what's happening in Australia at the time. Yeah, and of, of course they still feel it's very relevant today. It is. Uh, especially when they're playing the U.S. as well. Same as it ever was. Yeah. Now, who who do you think the narrator is? Because it is a first-person song. Yeah. And it's hard to tell if the narrator is the redneck yeah. or is not the redneck. Yeah, and and it may switch. Maybe it is on, switching. Yeah. On, on yeah, on the chorus there, I think it's the redneck is singing the song for the most part. The first verse, I think you've got that. Um, it's time to take the country back and make it great again type of stance. Um, there was this, you know, maybe the emergency that happened and now people are getting back to the way things used to be. No, we've got to take a stand against, you know, these people coming into our country or something like that, whatever it might be. Yeah, but what what's funny is like the opening line, I don't want to run. I don't want to stay. Yeah. I don't want to run from my country, but I don't want to stay if well, these yeah, immigrants are coming in. If. Yeah. Did you notice when looking at the lyrics how often they're different, what is actually yeah. sung? Yeah. I think this is, no other album has been this uh, different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has Pete taken such liberties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is like Jim or Rob handed the lyrics off to whoever was making, maybe this is more elaborate. Maybe they need a longer lead time on the credits than usual mm-hmm. on the liner notes because of all the layout in 98. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's like Pete really changed a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of being Everything that's near and dear is old and in the way. Yeah. He sings de- in decay. decay. But would a redneck really sing emergency has gone, apathy rolling on? It's like there's this other... Yeah. Are you, are you thinking like the words are too eloquent? <laughs> the words are too tricky. Um, not only that, but it's not that the word apathy is too tricky for all rednecks. But would a redneck ever talk about their own? Like who, who's the who's well, apathetic I, then? I can see this as I can see the redneck saying, "Oh, you guys just aren't caring about what." And in this yeah. case, I'm thinking about like 
I don't know why I'm thinking immigrants or something like that. Well, but that's because that's what a lot of this was about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Say there was like some emergency in a foreign country and we had to take in some immigrants and it's like, okay, well, okay, that makes sense. These people are dying. Okay. So we got to bring, let them come in to keep them safe so they don't die. But now that the emergency is gone, you guys are just so apathetic to the fact that all these people who are different from us are coming into the country. Now they're staying in the country and they're changing the way things are going to be and blah, blah, blah. Is that maybe the apathy I, that, I guess that they're projecting be. that they're seeing people who maybe the more progressive elements of society yeah. um, taking in? Yeah. But like the third verse would the redneck be saying like if, if this is about Pauline Hansen or mm-hmm. some other person, like I can see the beauty treatment draining from your face. Yeah. I, d- I don't know what that line is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, crack down on crime, get tough on crime, put them in jail. That'll, that'll solve all the problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's vision free. It's poor bugger me feeling sorry for themselves. I don't know. But in that case, that's more like Pete saying, he's like calling them out by saying, it's poor bugger me. Oh, yeah. So so then it's like, it is Pete singing. Yeah, that line in particular. You guys yeah. have no vision for what's going on, and you're just feeling sorry for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, lyrically it's kind of confusing, but it does paint a picture again. Yep. Yeah. I think we get the point. Thanks, Rob, for making things clear. Yeah. yeah. Good. And uh, so the video for this song? Yeah. It's <laughs> jiggly. Jiggly? Can we leave it at that? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the video is pretty disturbing. Eh? I, the only thing I can remember from the video is the ladies at the... Uh, dancing club <laughs> that's the only thing you remember man right? the oh and then at the end there's the new dude walking through the crowds well yeah and there's from top, behind and there's topless pete who is oh, not yeah? the new dude oh no but yeah pete suddenly goes topless like near the end of this video oh yeah yeah and he's like what 40 something at this point yeah no the only thing that i remember about this video is the jiggly bum <laughs> So the video is full of images of people acting without some some hint of modesty, some a, a amount of decorum. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> so it's it's just the, the video is full of images of decadence. Sure. And like lowbrow decadence. Yeah, lowbrow decadence. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pete takes off his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Concrete. Concrete, you don't free my soul. So yeah, free my soul. Yes, is the alternate or original title. Yes, working title. Does it go up? Does it show up on set lists as free my soul? I think, I think when they were touring for uh, twenty thousand watt, um, it was showing up on the set list as free my soul. Or when they were, I think you're right. Yeah. Although maybe now, if they were to play it, do they yeah. do they do this one live? I wonder if it's on the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Look, no, let's not bother. Um, <laughs> so this is another E minor song. Yeah, Redneck is E minor. Did okay, I mention no, that? You didn't. Concrete is E minor. He's, is E minor? In fact, as well. almost every song is. 
This is another Warren Livesey song with no yeah. sign of Magoo. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's a Garrett Hurst Magini. Okay. It's got, once again, the thick guitars. Yep. Um, Rihanna liked the off-the-beat syncopation right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice that? Yep. That intro is rhythmically interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's nice because you hear, oh, those are, that's Rob playing some real drums. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, His his, uh, snare is is tuned way up there, nice and tight. There's uh, lots of noisy feedback going on in this song. Yep. Even, even, okay, more drums. Even Rob's hats um, are kind of played with that, that white noisy kind of sound throughout the song. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the bass line is another one of these seconds ones where Bones is yeah, playing. Yeah. He plays the root and then he slides down two frets. Okay. And creates a groove that way. I know. Ex- I'm I'm used to what you're talking about when you mention this now. I, yeah. Uh, so I I know what I'm going to be looking for when you get when you tell me where to hear it. This is a Bones thing. It's actually just kind of throughout. I okay. Think if you listen to next time I listen through, I'll be listening for Bones sliding down. Yeah. Two. Oh, yeah. It's doing Way back in the, even back to Postcard, 1098, Red Sails, Diesel, we were talking a lot about the drum assist. Yes. Um, this is not really a drum assist, but when you're talking about the loops and playing to a click track yeah. and that type of thing, there's this scrapey metal um, rhythm assist that goes through the entire song. Okay. Yeah. Don't want to confuse it with the white noisiness of the hats, but um, it's kind of, yeah, just listen for like this scrapey kind of metally sound mm, throughout okay. the song. Just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> just, that was good. Thanks. At 148, a distortion solo. Basically, it's mm. just like, I don't know if it even has chords. It's just kind of like noise. Basically, it was just a whole bunch of noise. And what, that was that scraping, right? That was the total, yeah, you yeah, can so totally hear the great scrape. There, there, we got both of them in there. Uh, and then right after that, there are these ridiculously fast picked guitar lines that, I don't know if they're like 30-second notes or... or so oh, if, yeah. you, if you continue at 204, just listen to this high guitar line. The sound is biting. Cement fingers, they are clutching. The of trash. Rapid picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never really noticed it as a as a as a as a picking. Kind I'm of almost thing. certain it's being picked. Yeah, yeah, not not some sort of of delay or echoey kind of. I guess it could be, but to me, it really sounds like it's yeah, being yeah very rapidly picked. My favorite line from the song is is right there too. The emissary of trash. <laughs> it's a good line. Um, and then right after that, it goes uh, to D major. And there's this big, happy, bright, yeah. relatively, with uh, with lots of group vocals. Switches around as the oils often have, where the background singers 
actually take over yeah. leading. Yep. They sing and then, and then Pete, Pete responds. Yep. The last is it the last minute of the song is what gets really heavy. Mm. Like uh well two fifty four has some distorted vocals. Um then around three thirty it gets down to just guitar and vocals. Yep. And a big scream. Yeah, and just before that there's like Pete's got his rant going on. Yeah. That's yeah, heavily disturbed vocals. Um and then at three thirty there's a good scream. Yeah. And then it's almost like the song starts to break down into this organ. Oh, okay. There's this organ breakdown at Whoa. about three forty. Okay. Right around when the rant starts going. And then on. the rant starts. So it's yeah. sort of like a scream, this organ where you think the song's gonna yep. die down, and then it comes back for like the ultimate All rant. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's totally yeah and then there's that yeah that crazy screaming from pete like and that this is the hardest thing the oils have ever done in my opinion like the 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 heaviest harshest aggressive rustiest razor blades (laughs) not not that but but it's yeah it's largely in his vocal yeah 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 it's not the guitars i was joking about the the razor blade yeah like as far as as pete just sounding angry like and an animal and yeah oh totally <laughs> yeah. Did, did you get we're basically going into the lyrics at this point now yeah i think that's just about it there there is this crazy theremin or something happening after the rant there's this mm-hmm. thing and I, I was wondering if you thought that was a theremin i'm gonna speculate listen that for this sort of generated oscillator thing but let's hear it yeah i wonder if maybe even that's like pick slide or pick work going on it's just kind of scraping could be but yeah it's going really high it's going like very but it doesn't it doesn't have that smooth theremin sound to it right it's definitely wavering a lot but it's also seems to me to be rapidly sliding yeah. at times yeah yeah but not overall smooth but like yeah ooh, ooh. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and theremins do that they have that the, you can oh yeah do that yeah, with that them. flutter yeah, yeah for sure so as far as lyrics go let, let's just yeah, talk about yeah. that rant yeah for now. yeah could you break make that I, out i couldn't make out the very beginning of the rant um it's talking about something something your own mother turn your back on your own brother yeah concrete you don't uh free my soul yeah so yeah it's just kind of talking about the the whole song is just talking about you know i think damaged human spirit and and this is just kind of emphasizing like i imagine whatever pete is ranting on at this point as far as the mother goes is you're not treating your mother very well. It's probably the the general idea, and then turning your back, and it almost feels like an attack on on your brother, or you know that could just be your fellow man type idea here. Yeah, like this reminds me of uh, Bring on the Change, uh, Child Bride of the Human Race, yeah. concrete all over her face, 
this seems to be kind of a follow-up uh, in a way to okay. that, this song. Yeah. yeah. Like um, bringing in the, the concrete imagery again. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wonder if, and I think lyrically this one does fit in with uh, Earth, Sun, Moon, and Breathe. Um, just to talk yeah. about your soul. Yep. Um, and there's a couple lines like, we can see the bright light, but we can't reach it. Yeah. Uh, we are not afraid enough to call. Yeah. Um, and that sort of sounds like um, kind of a, a repent or a, mm-hmm. like a prayer. Yeah. Another line, except in this case, like we know what's good or right. Yeah. But we're not afraid enough. Yeah. To, to call to, out to for do help. To right about it. Yeah, yeah, or to call for help. Yeah, to or... make the change. Yeah, there's a lot of contrast in the song between, I'd, I'd written down things like uh, cities, urbanism, consumerism, um, contrasting it with the fresh air, nature, um, doing more with less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't pick up on the, we can see the bright light, but we can't reach it as a... I, you know how they're using the light on the hill analogies yeah. before I was, I was pairing that more with the, um, um, the whole, the Milky Way is emasculated. I was saying, you know, like we can, we can, sometimes we can see the stars from where we are, but we can never really get to that place where we can, we can see all that bright light up in the, in the sky. But, but it's not like, but you're right. It's not bright lights like the stars would be. It is the bright, the bright light. light. Yeah. So that's why I kind of thought it was the light on the hill again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good. Um, definitely seeing a lot of, of s- sickness, whether it be real sickness or emotional or spiritual sickness caused by either industry or urbanism, you know, the concrete jungle that they're singing about here. Yeah. And just the damage that it does. When we're talking musically, we're talking about how things brighten up in that, I don't know if it's a chorus or a bridge. Yeah, I think it's a bridge, it but yeah. yeah. But um, it sure is nice to get that relief in the song, both musically and emotionally as yeah. well. You know, it it's, there's just a little bit where we're getting a glimpse of, of some hope in this song here. Um, no wild acres you can see, yearning to breathe, um, concrete, you don't feel free my soul there's just there's just that that one line there of of the natural that you're yearning for you're not reaching it you're not getting it but you know that there's something better um and then the last line of that um little section there no wish to consume embellish to discard and expire again you know maybe taking a look at how we're living but seeing that okay there is something better there's a better way to do things yeah as well yeah even like the very idea that concrete you don't like it's personifying concrete mm-hmm. you don't free my soul yeah and concrete is obviously representing sure it's all it's those the things. environment that we're living in yeah the the in, industrial commercial mm-hmm. uh everything. yeah i see it very much as as being stuck in the city, being stuck in that concrete jungle yeah, and the impersonalness of it, the oppressiveness of it, when we exist in this world that has natural things in it and we don't have access to those yeah. things. Yeah. Can't be good for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so, yeah, this one has a bit of hope, I think, in that I think the solution is there that, like, concrete doesn't free my soul, yeah. but he does know what does. Yeah, he's he's got some ideas of yeah. how things can be improved. Yeah. And you know what? I like living in my little city, yeah. but I have access to trees. Yes. And lake. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, we've, we've got it pretty good here. Yeah. Cemetery in my mind. Third song in a row. Warren Livesey, No Magoo. Third song in a row in E minor. Second song in a row, Garrett Hurst Magini. Uh huh. Now, this one. Bit of a sonic break. It is a sonic break. Darren, I think you might call this one a hit. It was a single. A single, that's what I meant. It really was a it single. It was a single. Yeah, right? yeah. This was released in September of 98, a couple months yeah. before the album came out. Okay. So, yeah. so, oh, and a couple odd songs on the B-sides. I think maybe not, you know, before Christmas, but maybe if we do decide to do a few more episodes after we finish going through the albums, yeah. I'd like to take a look at the other songs that didn't get onto albums. Yeah. Um Heaven and Earth and Devilfish Shuffle yeah, um, were packaged along with this single. So yeah, this, this one's a single. This one should have been a hit. A single, I mean. Quite a bit of acoustic guitar. This is a strummy one. It's a little bit strummy. Yeah. It's a little bit sing-alongy. Yeah, it, it is. It's like Rob had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So it's got some good slidey bass in the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bass is actually kind of the heaviest thing about this song. Yeah. It's it's really thick and under there, not very defined, but really moving around a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Uh in a good way. Um the chorus switches to A minor. Um and then there's some nice Rob harmonies mm-hmm. in this song. You can really hear him singing along throughout the chorus. Uh, and then this must be my time. He sings along. Yeah. And that totally reminds me of Ghost Riders. Oh yeah. Because uh, some Ghost Riders, Rob has that kind of echoey stuff going on on his vocals, and uh, so it's just totally sounds like ghost oh, writers for, for a little bit there good stuff yeah that was also a good example of the nice airy hats that he plays throughout the song uh-huh. you know he just kind of they're not he yeah just nice and nice and light tapping away yeah uh there's some nice little organ echoes like an airy organ yeah whirly yeah Yeah. it's a it's a quiet high fast whirly thing yeah like a bird yeah (laughs) and then more of the rob harmonies uh tomorrow is better than yesterday Rob, or do you think that's Pete maybe double tracking? That last line, Pete comes in instead of Rob mm. as his own harmony or something. But did you hear it? Like, 
tomorrow is better than yesterday. <laughs> that was totally Rob. Like yeah. it was, yeah. You, you weren't I'll really have, hearing it. No, eh? I'll have. To, I'll, yeah, it's 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 up. It's like tomorrow yeah. is better. Yeah, it's just he's got that. <laughs> he's got that waver. In yeah, his Rob's voice got that, that waver. Doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, right. and just that. I, I'm, I'm pretty much certain that's yeah. Rob. Like well, it just sounds I, so I Robby want to, to me. Agree with you. And I want it to be Rob. You yeah. need to listen to more Ghost Riders okay. and like Rob's solo album yeah. and get Rob's voice. Yeah. And I may j- just be trying to hear the, the typical Rob that I'm used to hearing where this, he may be. This is Rob using his his more his lead singer rather okay. than his harmony yeah. voice sure. Sure. that you're more used to. Yeah, He's got this whole other range of lead singer yep. material. Yeah. He's not quite lead singer material, but like I I really like Rob's solo stuff. Yeah. And I think he's really using it there. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, often often singers will have like two distinct at least well, two yeah. or or more distinct voices. Like for me, Elvis Costello really sticks out as a guy who's who's got two voices like and they're quite different from each other. It's like, "Oh, this is this is Elvis Costello singing in that style A, and this is him, how he sounds in style B. So, yeah, I'm sure Rob could do that, too. Actually, I was thinking the other day, I wonder if I could develop, like, a second voice, like, more of a, a lower, fuller kind of... You remember when I did, like, the safety dance cover? Yeah, the safety It yeah. it was a, It was a good range for me to be in, but it's not like I normally sing or put on that kind of affect with my voice and, <laughs> yeah. but you know that maybe that could be something that could work for me <laughs> yeah you better link to the safety dance well maybe not i think that was just for you <laughs> oh okay and here's a neat bit uh at the end of the song around 302 hold on yeah okay you got some stuff you know what rob does do well that i that i can say definitively is rob yeah some nice drum fills oh yeah yeah so let's listen Hit to, me. let's listen to um, two thirteen. Oh, then at two twenty. Yeah, and then two twenty. Nice guitar bits. Okay, and there's some good uh, drum fill happening there. So okay. at at uh, first I'm going to play you just a, a quick little um, uh, a drum roll that he throws in there, and then when we listen to the guitar bit that you like, guitar bit that you like, we'll hear a fill that he puts in as well. Cool. Yep. Kind of just playing on the toms there. Then we've got another drum drum fill. And what are we listening to with you? 220. There's these yeah. rising guitar bits. Okay, and you're you're looking for more hope on this album. Yeah. This song goes all major at the end it's a minor song mm-hmm. uh it goes to from uh instead of the chorus normally being in a minor yeah it goes to c major this is the musical lift around the three minute mark yeah 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 that's what it is yeah i i should be able to think oh they're probably going to major but i never even bother to think about that kind of stuff i just think oh it's just feeling hopeful again must be rob hitting those drums he's hitting them better better <laughs> Rob's doing something awesome now because the song feels great. I have hope. I feel uplifted. Yeah, it ends with all the major stuff. So this song. And. Yeah, yeah. 
And lyrically at this point, they just don't bother to include these lyrics in the lyric notes. Yeah, there's a whole ending. That's just not included. I yeah, know so these faces about... of deceit negotiate these mysteries. There's no one waiting. This must be my time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting that it has more of these hidden bonus lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suggest that this song is about depression. Uh, yeah. Yep. About being in a dark place in your mind. Yes. Well, cemetery in your mind. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's funny. Um, one of the one of the ways that I was thinking of describing this was um, what are the lies that I'm telling myself up in my brain that that are putting that is putting me in this dark place? So I wasn't maybe linking it necessarily with depression, but definitely something mentally or emotionally uh, going on. Yeah. And and the lift here at the end is almost like being able to say no to these lies that that I'm thinking that that keep us or that keep me dead in my ways of thinking. Um, the, I guess the, the verses like the, um, there's only, there's only a couple of them, but they're, they're talking about things that, that lock you in to something that, um, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. I actually do have the word depression in here. Okay. Um, so like first verse is looking like consumerism to me, the idea of, of working all day to buy more stuff, um, in a, in a depression or a, that comes from seeking more and, and not finding satisfaction in that. Um, I actually had written down for the second line, looking for salvation in a car headlight. Mm-hmm. Is that like standing out in the middle of the road? Yeah. Is that, is that like a suicide it, type thing? It sort of sounded like it to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and then the second verse, the wake, work, drink, sleep, retire, again, locked into something um, buried in a cemetery, perhaps this cycle of life um, that just keeps repeating itself and, and doesn't, doesn't get better. You're working so that you can look forward to going out partying and then you go to sleep and you do it all over again. And does it bring you the satisfaction that you're looking for? Um, the tide comes in way too high, feeling like you're drowning so yeah, so I think it's about depression. I think I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, now this song has a video for it, which is maybe the weirdest Midnight Oil video ever. And not just one person, multiple people have I've seen and heard. Even my own daughter asked. Yeah. This one has a clown it has like ronald mcdonald this ronald mcdonald depressed look, ronald mcdonald lookalike yeah who's trying to be a clown for like a kid's party and even that fails miserably and he runs out of there because he gets so embarrassed or upset or whatever yep uh and he just tries to run and then he goes through a mall he runs across mm-hmm. a road mm-hmm. he runs uh, a number of the places mentioned in the song uh are shown in the video, yeah. but it's kind of this narrative of just this guy with his, he loses his wig and then his makeup's yeah, fallen yeah. off. And yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. I probably haven't watched it in years. Yeah. It's, it's a bizarre video and people ask, even Rihanna said, is that an official 
video like they've wondered if some youtube person i'm trying to think of another midnight oil video that doesn't feature the band playing the song yeah like that's what midnight oil does in their videos they play the song there might be other things happening but generally they're playing the song yeah this may be the only video that is like a a story like a concept yeah video yeah and you know it shot pretty well okay so what how we know it's real is that the band does appear in the video. Okay. But they're just these funny little cameos. Like when he's running through the mall, Pete is sitting at a table having a coffee or something in the background. Yeah. Uh, Rob's walking down the street. Uh, Bones is hanging out by a newsstand. Yeah. Uh, you know, just these sort of things. Yeah. And I think I found everybody. I, I think me, I, I'm not sure if I found... Jim? If it was Jim or Bones, one of the two of them, but I found everybody else in the band just appearing in the background. Right on. Yeah. That's cool. So it's it's a strange video, but uh, I kind of like it still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally going to watch it. Yeah. After, so well, we'll find a link not tonight, but we'll tomorrow. find a link to it. Yeah, to... we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Comfortable place on the couch. Our namesake. They wrote a song about the podcast. Hey, Darren, they're playing our song. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Now sorry. would be an appropriate place to put Jim's introduction to the podcast. <laughs> Hi there, it's Jim Magini from Midnight Oil, and you're listening to Comfortable Place on That Couch. And just so folks know, when we were in Minneapolis and we saw Jim, he recorded that for us. Yeah. He wasn't just, that, that wasn't just some random clip of Jim saying that you're about to listen to the Midnight Oil song, Comfortable yeah. Place on the Couch. Yeah, I think there was some identifying. He, he did actually listening. say, oh yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually... <laughs> When we recorded it, he he was meant he mentioned the podcast as well, but it just it just kind of it was kind of a little choppy when he was. was <laughs> he was kind of trailed off in a pretty funny way. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty awkward. So I I kind of spliced it together, and yeah, yeah I, I made the best of it. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, cool. it was it was great that he did that for us. Indeed. So Darren, yeah, guess what key this song is in? Is it in E minor? It is. Wow. What is going on? I don't know. Okay. So, comfortable place on the couch. Not only did we name the podcast after this, yep, and we did that kind of ironically. We yeah. knew that, oh yeah, yeah. It's not like we're supposed to have a comfortable place <laughs> on the couch. That's right. They're against that sort of thing. That's right. I think that they would be for our comfortable place on the couch, though. Maybe, M- maybe they wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I've wondered sometimes. You know, if they listen to the podcast, what they would think. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some couple Canadian guys. <laughs> Those nerds. Talking about their chowder workers, all right. <laughs> Go way too deep. Yeah, that was nice of Jim, though. He said, oh, you guys are the ones who did the podcast. Yeah, and then yeah. he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, Darren, not only is this what we named the podcast after, but our friend Balaji in Toronto is organizing a tribute album, Midnight Oil, Powder Workers contributing. Bunch of cover songs. Cover songs that they've recorded. And we just had to choose Comfortable Place on the Couch because of the name. It only made sense. It only made sense. So we ended up going way deeper. I don't know if Darren did. I went mm-hmm. way, yeah. Well, Darren definitely went way deeper with the drums than usual. Yeah. Oh, and 
the guitar bits and the bass bits um, and harmonies and tracking it oh i tried to do some harmonies yeah so i got pretty sick of this song by the time i was done mixing well that. yeah and, and you spent the hours it was a lot of hours yeah. uh piecing this together but i'm pretty happy with how it turned out yeah. and everything and um it would We're be no nice professionals but yeah 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 for a couple of guys a couple of guys so yeah this main guitar riff that the song opens with uh is surprisingly syncopated and weird and uh mm. it was um Wait, I guess the guitar's not here. That's that's fine. Want me to grab it for you? Nah, it's okay. Well, well, I'd be happy to grab it for you. It's been a while since you played guitar. I'd really like it if you played guitar. You want me for to play us. guitar? I okay. do, and I'm sure other people would too. I will take a uh, pee break. Take a pee break while you find the guitar. I'll I'll play the bass for you while you're gone. Thanks, Malcolm. Um, what is the fairly pleasing but odd smell about your guitar? Um. The Return of Robin and My Guitar. Yeah, figuring out how to keep that at that steady pace. And so when I was, when we were recording this, it was just very much listening, trying to keep it along with this click track. Right. Um, it was amazing how often I would go off track. Sure. And, uh, you know, had you been there, had we been recording this totally live without click track, which mm-hmm. we didn't do, unfortunately, um, maybe would have been like adjusting for me all the time or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but that click track, as Bone says... She's a, oh, I'm not going to say what Bones said. A harsh mistress. Okay, that's the polite version. She's a harsh mistress. (laughs) That's the censored Bones version. (laughs) So um, that main chord riff that you're playing at the beginning. Yeah. Is it just like a a bar chord just going up and up and up? That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It has that little slide in it. Yep. So that is like a like an a E D, shape. It's like a D. Yeah, okay, it's a power, yeah. just a power chord. Yep. Uh, your regular octave. Yeah. So it's just like D to E, D to E, uh, C to D, B to C. Robin will put the tab online for I'll you put later. The tab on, yeah. Um, yeah, but like going through the song to record it, like. We definitely understood all the different segments, the different parts of of the song. There's, there's basically like three bits to it. Yeah. Um, structurally, the song is simpler than I thought. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it does just have kind of three pieces. It's got the, actually, I guess it's got four. It's got the riff, which I just that played, the heavy yeah. chord riff. Yep. It's got this, what we call the strings bit, which yep. is this plucky uh, bit ba, 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 ba. and that's all in six four time yes yeah it is and uh so we were surprised that this song stealing my thunder oh, my sorry. time signature thunder no that's good it is six four time <laughs> yeah and uh but it's not necessary when i was drumming to this i didn't have to think of of four four six four whatever yeah. for the most part i was just thinking 
on a two four type. My brain got locked into two four, and it just, you just worked all the a way two four. I just needed a two four. Mail your two fours. <laughs> I'm sure it's not even seventy dollars, but if it is, it's well worth the price. <laughs> yeah, two four is Canadian slang for a case of beer. A, a case of twenty four beer. <laughs> yeah. Why would you buy any less? <laughs> any fewer? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, two four. Um, yeah, and Rihanna says it's not really 6-4. No. Is it like a 4-4 four, four and a 2-4? Yeah. yeah. And the difference being that a 6-4 is counted in groups of three. Yeah. One, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. Like a G- Where, whereas this is yeah. like a 4-4 four, four with an extra 2-4 bar tacked yeah. onto it. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably why it's easy just to think of it as 2-4 and play it through yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Rihanna says uh, Stravinsky's Rite of Spring has a true 6-4 okay. section. Uh, which is like in groups of three, like a jig when you're dancing. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's a jig. Okay, it's like a double waltz. Yeah, it's like that's right. Okay. Yeah. When Robin was counting out one, two, three, four, five, six, he was doing a jig with his shoulders and dancing like Larry and, the and Cucumber his, and his hips. A little bit of Larry the Cucumber <laughs> dancing. Okay. Um, What's nice about this song is yeah. you know they they are mixing it up a little bit time-wise and you know it's it's not something that we've heard a lot you know back in the day when when we were still hearing more of their prog influence we would get more of the and that was even more of like the seven fours and stuff like that yeah and the, and the 11 beat bars the really which is weird really stuff. prog stuff which yeah. is fun but you know even this is is nice this is more like a the Lennon edit where you just chop off half the bar and you're left with a two four bar yeah how well, many times ex- will I say two four in this episode <laughs> But of course, unlike the Leonard edit where he just throws those in, yeah. this is a block of 6-4. Right. And it happens, whereas the Lennon edit would be, he might just throw out a beat or he might just add in an extra beat and it might not happen throughout the rest of the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know how we did this, but when the Oils do their 6-4 bit, they're doing this plucky uh, strings thing, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't it sound like a plucked yeah violin or cello like mean yeah yeah it's kind of like more muted it's not that yep string okay when we did it turn into disco oh yeah I why did tol- that happen that was me that was you you yeah. did that and yeah. i totally went along that, that was I- my disco hat it's okay like, okay we're just i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna disco this, through these. and it's it's very much a two four thing for the disco beat two four <laughs> i'm not even realizing that i'm saying it all the time yeah dude and then I just played that up with the bass and really went for the yeah went for it. And we kind of we kind of made it our own. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do when it's a cover. That's right. Because like it's boring just to sound exactly like the oils. You could just listen to the original if you wanted to hear That's it right. exactly the way it's That's supposed right. I mean, to be played. We could totally have oh, sounded yeah. exactly, exactly like, them, like them, but, but but that wouldn't be interesting for our fans. That's right. We did it for you. So the third section... Now, okay, we may oh. be mixing two groups of people that, that aren't actually mixed. You know, people that listen to the podcast versus people that enjoy us listening to our, us play music may be fans. quite separate from each yeah, other. It's, yeah, it's a tiny Venn diagram with the, <laughs> the teeniest of overlaps. That's right. Thank you, Mark, again, for buying my CD. <laughs> BedfordLevel.com. The, the, one, the one true fan. BedfordLevelExperiment.com. Dot com, yeah. um, the third part is the choruses which are just kind of a E minor, C, E minor, uh, D, C, A kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty simple. 
Uh, and the fourth bit is this 14 bar. Why 14 bars? I don't know. Uh, instrumental section where you got to do lots of drum fills. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just that big yep, the, break. And you yes. did some ahs. Oh, I think I did the, didn't I do the ahs? No, yeah, that was the ahs there. Yeah. Yeah. When, so a long time ago, when Balaji first suggested, we're not talking about the actual song. We're talking about our <laughs> well, cover of the song. We are talking about the song because we're, we're. That's right. We're showing the underlying structure of the song. That's right. This is totally legitimate. You yeah. should be listening to us. Yes. Talk about the song the yeah. way we played it. When Balaji first floated the idea of doing the cover tribute disc, and yeah. you said, oh, we're going to do Comfortable Place on the Couch. I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, I didn't listen to it until <laughs> we started, until I had to start listening. I had to listen to it early. And it's like, I had forgotten how much drum fills <laughs> and stuff is happening all in I was quite intimidated. Yeah. And you know, I did not play as nearly as well as Rob does. Yeah. It, I agree. We can all agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> but you know, I gave it a shot. Oh yeah. No, actually. But uh, yeah, this section is just all drum fills. Yeah. Darren did really well with the drums. There's lots of good drum bits on it. There are some bits that I'm, I, I listen to and I say, Hey, that's really good. Yeah. Good job. Pat on the back. Yeah. Holds. And just like Darren didn't listen to the song when we agreed to play this one, I didn't either. And I found out that this has got like the most boring bass part <laughs> on the whole album. Yeah. So I fixed that. You, yeah, because the way you play... I made up a whole bunch of bass bits. You should send the tab to Bones and just say, <laughs> you know... Next time you cover it, Bones. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, next time you, you perform it... You can cover it, you can my cover version of it. <laughs> I was just too bored. I didn't like the way the verses were, because they, they have all this looping stuff, which I wasn't about to try and replicate. Yeah. Uh, so instead, I did bass diddles. Uh, under every verse, and then for the core, for the riff, uh, I of course uh, played along nicely as I should. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can can I play some of Rob's great drum fills? Yes, please do. Here's just part of that that break where there's tons of drum fills going on. I'd like to play the big fill that happens right here. They say the truth is what you see. Yeah, it's got some good. Yeah, Rob, crazy drama. Rob's just going to town on this. Yeah. You know is was good for me is like I learned I, I I'm not good at it yet. But like I learned, I, I had to teach myself Rob's way of doing these type of fills. So I've got another little trick that's kind of in my back pocket trick that I can, pocket. I can pull out and, yeah. and use from time to time now. Let's play the one good bass bit in the entire song. It comes in at about 155, but I guess at 150, there's basically no bass in all the verses. And then this one time there is bass. Your house is so blissfully calm. That was it. What was it? It it just goes. 
Okay. Yeah. I'll, I will listen for that. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it comes out of your iPhone speaker very well. No. It's like that. All thick, these subtleties. Thick kind of bass. Yeah. Yeah. It's brrr, Yeah. That was the good bit. And I didn't even try to duplicate that because I was too busy doing my diddling. Hey, Robin. Yeah. The phrase haul away. Yeah. What does it mean? Haul away. Get out of here. Is that what it means? Uh, keep at it. <laughs> what is it then? Is, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what it, it means either. It kind of seems like a, it could be one of those two things. Yeah. So I think the song yep. is about complacency. Yep. Definitely the first verse, you know, staying at home, keeping yourself insulated from other people, maybe even just your neighbors and stuff yeah. like that. Not having to engage with the messiness of having relationships with people. Yeah. Second verse seems like... you like, and I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can handle each other, yeah. but I don't want to make any new friends, uh-huh. especially me on Facebook. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. Second verse kind of expands that more nationally, perhaps. Um, yeah. That third verse, though, so sinister. Um, give me that your Sermon on the Mount. Give me that final. Give me your final account. Your house is so blissfully calm. I'll bury you down at the farm. I can't remember, and maybe this isn't for the podcast. I can't remember. Oh, Picton. You know oh, that guy. Yeah. That's what that reminds yeah, me. Yeah, that's what I hear of too. So yeah, in out in uh, our Canada's west coast, uh, was it in Victoria or Somewhere around in British Columbia? Yeah, in British Columbia, I think it was Vancouver actually. Okay, yeah, there was uh, a guy who would He's basically a serial killer. Yeah, basically he killed lots of prostitutes and uh, lots of Aboriginal prostitutes. Were almost all of them Aboriginal? Really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and would kill them and would... He had a farm. ...dispose of them on his farm property and with using various farm equipment to uh, make the remains difficult to notice. Mm-hmm. Pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Robert Picton is... Uh, that was quite the trial. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, so I, I did think of that too. I don't know how yeah. that ties in, but that well, sure... that last verse is like, oh, so you've got it all figured out, eh? You give you give me, you know, deliver the Sermon on the Mount. Tell us, tell us how it is. You've got it all figured out. You're so smart, are you? And then, uh, yeah, yikes. I'll yeah. bury you down at the farm. Is, is that... Is, I don't is, know. Is, is that, that kind a of the pro- is that the progression that this song is taking you through? Like from you know just being insular in your own little house to being nationalistic. Is is that the right term? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, nationalistic. I think um, protective yeah. on a national level to yeah. actually this taking action, perhaps one, and one nation. Yeah, 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 and and solving the problem. Here's your solution. Yikes. Yep. So how about how about the the chorus then? They say the truth is what you see. I know the truth is what you feel. Yeah. Like my son, when I was playing this for him, was saying, "Well, that's not necessarily true, Daddy. Just because you feel something doesn't make it the truth." <laughs> yeah. I said, "Well, yeah, you're right, buddy. That's right." Yeah. And but it's also true that just because you do see 
something. Something you observe, yeah. Yeah, that's not the whole truth. And not only the things we can see are the truth, there are things unseen that that are are true. That are true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's what I think too when I, when we were saying this, um, yeah, I think that's what they're going after. Mm -hmm. Like that, that the whole truth isn't just what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was again hearkening back to Redneck, I think. Um, seeing the stranger as as other uh, non-value type thing, and then the truth being what you feel—that's kind of more of the compassion side of things. Yeah, maybe coming yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Comfortable place on the couch is a good song. Yeah. I know you got a little bit sick and tired of it because you had to spend so much time with it and with with what we were doing. With yeah, it. with just the but, mixing of it and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, Definitely, even starting back with symmetry in my mind, but even more so getting into this, you know, I'm I'm starting to feel the relief from the um, the sonic onslaught, the onslaught of the first two at songs. the first couple songs, and yeah. and I'm I'm easing my way. They're easing me back. They're easing me into the album in a way that I'm I'm enjoying now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't skip any of these songs. I haven't. I listening through it's not. I've not wanted to skip my way through the songs. I. I'm enjoying them for what they are. You enjoyed the razor blade assault on your ears. I recognized it for what it was. And I know that there's some stuff that I'm really going to enjoy coming up. So I listened through it and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm hearing now. Well, Robin, we've spent quite a lot of time listening to this right now. Let's take a bit of a break and come back to this in a little while like like a one week kind of break how about next episode type break oh excellent who knows when this is gonna show up on the internets you never know in the meantime you can get in touch with us in touch with us on the twitter at darren the folds and at robin the harbron i'm not robin the harbron <laughs> at robin harbron you can find the show notes online at darrenfolds.com slash podcasts Oh, and if you're on Facebook, you can friend me, but not Darren, Robin Harbron. You'll probably find me on the Powder Workers. And hello to those of you who have recently been taking me up on my offer. There have been more. Right on. Uh, Sorry, I'm just looking. Is this where I find my friends? (laughs) Robin finds his friends. Uh, Oh, how do you do this on the mobile version? I don't know. I don't like it either. Uh. I th- oh, sorry. Uh, friend, recent. Oh, it's not even showing me the recent. Never mind. Okay. Thanks to those new friends that added me. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> okay. Good night. Good night.